The following podcast, part of our true crime series, Missing Pieces, explores the case against Catherine Hoggle, a young Maryland mother indicted by a grand jury on two counts of murder in the 2014 disappearance of her two children, Sarah and Jacob. Catherine is currently being held in a psychiatric hospital found to be incompetent to stand trial. Her next court hearing in Montgomery County, Maryland, is scheduled for the fall of 2018. Hey there, and thanks for tuning in. My name is Bob Barnard. I'm a reporter here at Fox 5 TV News in Washington, D.C. I've been a broadcast, now digital journalist here since 1997. Over these past 20 years, I've covered plenty of great and uplifting stories, and of course, some I'd be happy to forget. I was here for the terrorist attack at the Pentagon in 2001, reported on the D.C. snipers a year later. I've met all kinds of people and traveled all across the D.C. region and beyond, reporting live in all kinds of weather under all sorts of conditions. And every now and then, I'll come across a story that just won't let me go. They're the kind your mind keeps drifting back to when you're no longer at work, even on vacation, the kind you talk to your friends and family about. This podcast is about one of those stories, one that I've covered really since day one. It's a story that has a beginning and a middle, but no end at least not yet. And so I'd like to take you on a journey as we explore the disappearance of Sarah and Jacob Hoggle. It's a mystery that has haunted and mystified many in the greater Washington area for well more than three years now. The young siblings, Sarah was three years old and Jacob too, vanished without a trace in Montgomery County, Maryland, that's just north of Washington, between Sunday afternoon the 7th of September, 2014, and Monday morning, the 8th of September. We need the eyes and ears of the community to help us find these two little children and bring them safely home. We have no idea at this time whether the children are with someone and they're safe or whether some harm has befallen them. 27-year-old Catherine Hoggle suffers from paranoid schizophrenia. According to an arrest warrant filed by Montgomery County Police, she told Turner she dropped their two youngest children off at a new daycare center and couldn't remember where it was. We have grave concerns over the, over the welfare of the children. We have her on video without her children many hours after the children went missing. We covered the Hoggle children's disappearance extensively on Fox 5 News. The whereabouts of Catherine and her children in the hours before they all disappeared are a hodgepodge of stories and perhaps lies. Catherine telling relatives Jacob and Sarah were on playdates or at a daycare. This is from a news report we did at the time. I really hope to find the kids because it's, it's, I mean, I got a four-year-old daughter of my own, so it's, it's really upsetting. So hopefully they find all of them okay. The children's father is Troy Turner. Hey, Troy. All right, how about with you, sir? Nice to see you. We spoke to Troy at length for this podcast, meeting him on a recent weekday afternoon outside a coffee shop in a busy shopping center. On the sides of his car parked nearby, we can see the faces of Sarah and Jacob smiling with their baby teeth and curly hair. Their photos are on car magnets fastened to both sides of the small white sedan's back doors. Troy is stocky with a shaved head and a scruffy beard today wearing a ball cap and a black hooded sweatshirt. He's a smoker and big time coffee drinker. He's comfortable speaking his mind and has done so repeatedly on TV and the radio and in newspapers ever since his two youngest children went missing. His public demeanor, rather remarkable for a man whose life has been torn apart and in such a noteworthy way, 
with the mother of his children accused of doing them harm. Take us back. Even leading up to the disappearance, you and Catherine were together, three children together, is that right? Um, Catherine and I, we, we lived in the same place and I was trying to keep their mother in life. We hadn't been together probably for two years at that point almost. Um, we hadn't had a relationship since 2000, I would say, let me see, Jacob was born in July 2012, so probably uh, early 2013. So it had been over a year since we had any form of a relationship, really. Um, like, for example, the night that she took um, took the kids or, you know, the night it started or whatever, um, I slept in the bed, she slept on the couch, you know? I mean, it was just, she was there because, um, to the best of my knowledge at the time and the way things seemed, uh, in fact, it was even said out loud that she wasn't going to be allowed to go back to her mom's. Um, and I wasn't going to put my kid's mom, um, mom on the street. Her dad was staying between my house and her mom's. So where am I going to put my kid's mom at that point? And I wanted her in their lives because I thought at the time, which clearly I was wrong, you know, that was the healthiest thing. I thought, you know, the kids need their mom in their life. I grew up with a single mom, so I have a misperception a lot of times that all moms are good moms no matter what, and you need that mom in your life. Um, Did she seem mentally stable at the time? Uh, at the time, whenever, when she took them, uh, she had seemed as stable as she had probably in four or five years. Uh, that summer, even her family, I believe, has said it publicly, you know, that, that, that summer, everything seemed to be really getting better. That day was probably the best day that we had had as a total. Um, as a family? Yeah. Um, so she's living on your couch. The children are in the home. Right. I mean, and she, and, and, she could, and she was free to go sleep in the bed, and then I would play on the couch if she was already there. And was she free to take the kids here, there, wherever kind of thing? Was she well enough to? No, 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 what no. Was the, no. What she were was the never gonna, she was She was never to be alone with my kids ever. Uh, she didn't have a driver's license anymore. She wasn't to drive. Um, she was, and I mean, in the way things were going, there was a point where, you know, where, where it would have almost felt okay to have her. It's just I had the knowledge I had. I'm the one who had her committed. I know what was going on. So, but I mean, if you were an outsider coming in, you would look at me at that point and have been like, why can't she be alone with her kids? Um, but that was, that was the rules. Uh, it was also deemed by the doctor that that made sense. Um, so you had full custody? No, there you was no not. custody order. Um, I just was taking control of my kid's life. I'm their father. Gotcha. And, um, and her father, Catherine's father, would be with you and... He would be with, with her whenever um, him or she would go to Lindsay's house, her mom's. Uh, for, for a long period of time, I was getting babysitters and paying them. Um, and she just wouldn't be with the kids at that point. Uh, I talked to them and we her talked, parents. Uh -huh, and we talked about it and thought it would be good for her to have more time with the kids and for the kids, you know, to have more time with their mom. Uh, I'm not going to have her over there while the babysitters are, are, you know, in control of watching my children and they're ones really responsible. And her being the mom, that would be very uncomfortable for them, you know, telling the mom you can't do this or whatever. So, um, so there was that. We were looking at au pairs, um, nannies, all kind of stuff. Um, to figure out a way for that um, to happen, for her to have more time. Um, and like I said, and for me, it wasn't really even about her. It was more about my kids. I thought that would be what was best for them. As I said in the past, clearly I was wrong. Remember what we've been reporting since day one. Catherine Hoggle suffers from mental illness, some form of paranoid schizophrenia. She and Troy had never married, but had three children together. 
He had an apartment in Clarksburg, Maryland. That's in a fairly new and fast-growing part of Montgomery County, north of D.C. Catherine had been committed to a mental health facility less than a year before her two youngest children went missing. Troy and his mother helping to force Catherine to get help that they believe she needed. But she was back out in society and in her children's lives when Sarah and Jacob disappeared. She was the last person seen with each of the children. We worked it out with her family and they knew 100% she was not to be there alone with them. Uh, she was never to be alone with the kids. Uh, the day that they went missing, uh, Randy showed up. Catherine's father. Right, Catherine's father, Randy, he shows up and he, um, he says he's got it, you know, he's there. So I say, okay, great. So Troy goes off to work that Sunday, selling timeshares. Randy Hoggle, Catherine's father, takes his troubled daughter and her three children, Jacob, Sarah, and their five-year-old brother, to Catherine's mother's house in Gaithersburg, Maryland. It's about 18 miles north of DC. They're going over just to hang out. It is from that house, Lindsay Hoggle's house, that the children would disappear. First Jacob, who Catherine apparently wanted to take out to get some pizza. Jacob was last seen with her. Jacob, this is number one. This is September 7th, Sunday. Randy throws her the key. She takes off with Jacob. She's going for two or three hours. Uh, From the house in Gaithersburg. Yeah. At some point, Lindsay gets home during that time frame, realizes she's out there without him. Lindsay freaks out on Randy. Randy goes out looking for her. They come back, no Jacob. It's Sunday evening now. Troy is still at work. The time frame for Sarah's disappearance is not as clear. You see, it's not until the next day, back at Troy's apartment in Clarksburg, 12 miles north of Gaithersburg, that he realizes something is wrong. Troy knows for sure his oldest child, then a five-year-old boy, and we're keeping his name private in this podcast, the oldest child and Randy Hoggle are there at the apartment when Troy gets home from work late that Sunday night. And Catherine is there too. She's outside on the steps to the three-story apartment building. Whenever I get there, she's sitting outside. She needs to run to McDonald's to get uh, one of her Dr. Pepper. She needed caffeine, apparently, because her medication supposedly made her so sluggish. Uh, so I said, I saw her dad's car. So your dad's up there? She said, yeah. I said, so you flying with the kids me up there? She said, yeah, he knows I'm sitting out here already, you know, and he knows what I want to do. I said, okay, fine. So we left. We went to McDonald's, got her Dr. Pepper, came back. I bring in the groceries. By then, it's like one in the morning. This was not unusual, Troy says, for his going grocery shopping at night on the way home from work. He says he watched some late night TV and then went to bed. Catherine asleep on the couch. Troy says when he went into his bedroom, he expected to find Jacob asleep in his crib. When I walk into the room, I notice Jacob's not in his crib. His crib was still in the room at that point. We hadn't moved it out yet. It was very normal for him to climb out of his crib and go get Bad. Troy there accidentally mentions his older son's name, and so we've edited that out. He does it again a little later on. What he's telling us is that Jacob would often leave his crib at night and jump into bed with his older brother. Whenever he couldn't sleep or whatever, and he would fall asleep there. So whenever I saw him not in there, I just assumed he was there. This is like the one night probably in the history of my children that I didn't sneak into the room to kiss their foreheads goodnight. Um, and I just... I was tired and I guess it's selfish or whatever, but I didn't want to wake him up because if I woke one of them up, then I'm up. Uh, so I go ahead to bed. It's now overnight, early in the morning, Monday, September 8th. And as he goes to bed, Troy has no idea Jacob is already missing. And little Sarah is about to, or has already, 
met the same fate. The only reason I even know that Sarah was at my apartment that night is because my oldest son, who was five at the time, told me because he remembers her being there. To this day, he remembers her being there. But Sarah was not there the next morning. The next morning I wake up and that's whenever I notice Sarah's gone, Jacob's gone, Catherine's gone, her phone's still at the house, my keys are gone, uh, my wallet's gone. And um, that was whenever I got, I got my, um, my oldest son. Again, a boy we're not naming. When my oldest came in to wake me up, he was about 15, 20 minutes early. Uh, the working theory that we have right now is that she was coming back to get him. Yes, Troy says he believes Catherine intended to harm their oldest child as well on what should have been a normal school day, a Monday morning in early September. He had just woken up early for whatever reason. By the grace of God, he woke up early. Because you think she might have come back and grabbed him um, next? Pretty positive she was coming back for him. Um, she, was, she was taking him one at a time, which, you know, we can't find statistics for that even in terms of the way crimes were committed against kids and stuff like that. But this. if you have three kids, why stop at two? Right. It's then and only then that Troy Turner says he realizes that both of his youngest children are not home. Neither is Randy. Remember, Randy was there to help keep an eye on Catherine and the kids. Randy's gone back to the house in Gaithersburg, and Catherine is nowhere to be found. We know she's probably not been on medication for two weeks, and thus, we know, Catherine, this is not you, and this is not who you're about and what you do. This is Catherine's father, Randy, with the police speaking to reporters at the time his grandchildren went missing. And she's been doing so well, and, you know, and she loves the kids so much. That's why we can't imagine anything ever happening to the kids. She's so protective. Again, that's Catherine's father, Randy Hoggle. Troy says he called Catherine's parents when he first realized Sarah and Jacob were missing. I called uh, Randy and Lindsay. They both said they didn't know where she was, just to check with that first. Called 911. Uh, I was on the phone with them. When she pulled up, they stayed on hold. And um, I, I, I asked her what the heck was going on. I looked in the back. My kids weren't there. I said, uh, you know, where the hell are Sarah and Jacob? He ends the call to 911. At that point, she just said that they were at a daycare. They were at a daycare. Both Sarah and Jacob were at a daycare center. Troy says that was just the first in a series of lies Catherine would tell in explaining to him, her parents, and the police what had happened to their two youngest children. Jumping ahead for a moment, Troy says it wasn't until later that day when he was with the police reporting his children missing that he learned from Catherine's mother, Lindsay Hoggle, that Jacob had essentially gone missing the night before. After going out for pizza, Catherine returned home alone and told her parents she dropped Jacob off at a young friend's house for a sleepover. Now, understand, to my knowledge, at this point, what I think has happened is that she took the two kids Said she was taken to a daycare, and I'm not sure what happened after that, that morning, right? So Lindsay, her mom, starts talking to the police and says, yeah, you know, well, and, and, I, and I thought something was wrong this morning when Troy said that she took him to a daycare uh, because when she came back last night without Jacob, I said, what? She goes, when she came back last night without Jacob, I said, what the hell are you talking about? And she goes, oh, my God, Randy didn't tell you? I said, tell me what? So that's how I found up Jake, that Jacob disappeared from her place. Um, and uh, she, said, she said, Randy was supposed to tell me. Well, here's the thing. I've gotten calls from that woman at my job about such unimportant shit that doesn't matter. A hundred calls because I haven't called her back or returned an email immediately. You can't call me when your crazy ass daughter comes back without my son, when, who's not supposed to be with him, who 
who doesn't, who, who's not supposed to be alone with any of my kids, <clears throat> who's not supposed to be driving, when your ex-husband throws her the keys, lets him take her, you come home and none of them are there, you don't call me? And her response was, it was my day off as a grandmother. Okay, I'm, I'm a father. Yeah, there's never time off as a father. Everyone knows that. But I'm also an uncle. I don't have a damn day off from my nieces and nephews either. If they need Uncle Troy, Uncle Troy is there. If they're, if, if, if they're anywhere in my vicinity, then they are automatically in my care because I'm their uncle. I'm not, I'm not some and especially passerby. <laughs> because Catherine was not supposed to have sole right. custody. And so you if are Lindsay one of the knew who that, told me you were taking responsibility for this. So in your mind, Lindsay knew that Catherine had left their home in Gaithersburg mm-hmm. with Jacob and came back without him. Not in my mind. 100% she knew. Knowing that really the deal was Catherine shouldn't be alone right. with the children. And so when she comes home without... Right. Did then she I ever... been called it, immediately. And if I was... Uh, one, two things. One, Jacob may still be alive today and we would have had a chance to save him. And maybe we wouldn't have, maybe we wouldn't have. Maybe she did it quick, I don't know. But number two, Sarah would still be here. I would have two of my kids at a minimum, if not all three. That's pretty harsh and heartbreaking stuff there. Now, we did ask Lindsay Hoggle to speak to us for this podcast, but she declined our request to record an interview with her. About that Sunday night, Lindsay has told me she did ask for the weekend off because she had an old friend in town. And she says she did freak out when Catherine returned to her house from their pizza date without Jacob. But she says Catherine told her Jacob was on a play date, so she calmed down. Now, before we go on with what happened the rest of that Monday, when Troy first realized his two younger children were missing, I want him to tell us about Sarah and Jacob. Looking at their pictures, Jacob has light brown curly hair and a toothy smile. Sarah has longer, darker, straighter hair and a complexion more fair than her little brothers. Sarah, I mean, I I called her my tomboy princess. I mean, she was both. She was rough and tumbly and she could probably beat up both of my sons and a lot of my nieces and nephews. She's, I mean, pound for pound, she was probably, she was the toughest one out of probably all the siblings in my family, you know? when she was taken, um, when, when Catherine took her, she weighed the same as the, as the five-year-old at the time, or nine-year-old. Uh, I showed someone a picture of her one time. She didn't have a shirt on, and she, it was like her back, and she was like a V-shape, like a grown man working out every day. Um, and someone said, oh, he's going to be a linebacker. And I looked at him, I said, that's my daughter. And he goes, maybe a swimmer or a gymnast, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, she, but she was so... She, she was so passive about everything, and then you would hit a point. Uh, my oldest son used to like take her toys and stuff, and, one, and I could tell she was getting angry about it, and I would always make him give them back. I said, you better quit doing that. I said, she's going to get upset with you one day. Um, he took it, and she had enough. She grabbed him by his ears, pulled his face into her, and, and growled basically. She was just like, ah! She didn't say a word. She just growled at him. He dropped the toy. She let his head go, and he walked back in his room and just shut the door. And she picked up her toy, smiled, and went off and played. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> Tough kid. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I have, I have pictures of her on my phone doing pull-ups at three years old. We were just out at the park, and she was smiling at me, like, not straying or anything, just going, Daddy, look, and just doing pull-ups. Um, you know, and Jacob, he, he probably would have wound up being the biggest out of all three of them. He was, he was getting pretty thick as a baby even. Um, and... 
I mean, he just, he was just so loving. He, you know, I would put one of them in timeout and he would go want to sit with them because they were sad. And, and even though he wasn't in trouble and he knew what timeout was about, he would want to sit there. You know, he's, he's that kid who, uh, you know, thank God it would never be necessary. And, you know, and God willing, it wouldn't. But, um, but he would go to jail for his brother or sister if they did a crime. He would lie and say he did it probably to keep them safe. Um, Adorable just, too, curly hair, yeah. just a what a smile. Yeah, he just he just loves everybody. Um, that's something you know anyone, you know who met them, you know talks about just Jacob's heart and how loving he was. Now back to the time when Jacob and Sarah disappeared. Remember, their mother Catherine told Troy she had dropped them off at a daycare after earlier telling her mother Jacob was on a play date. You're thinking they're at a daycare. She right. told you they went to a daycare. Yeah. And I had no reason to believe anything else. I had no reason to think she would kill my children at that point. You know. Um, Were they signed up to go to a daycare? Not yet, no, but the way that we did it with my oldest was we took him up there. He wasn't signed up yet. Uh, we did a one-day free trial to make sure we liked it, he liked it. Troy says at first that's what he assumed had happened again, this time with Sarah and Jacob. But by that afternoon, Troy was beginning to feel uneasy. So I said, hey, I want to go see where they're at, you know, and so we... Did you have any suspicion at this time that something was amiss? So, I mean, I... I I didn't really have a suspicion, but like my gut didn't feel right. And that's why I said I wanted to go see where they were and check on them. So um, like mentally, though, like in terms of like logically, like I wasn't thinking, hey, something is wrong here. I just felt uneasy because she said they were at the daycare. Right. But for whatever reason, I started to feel uneasy around that point. Um, and I said, let's go see where they are. I want to see where they are. You know, we'll pick them up early, whatever. So they got in his van and set out to pick up Sarah and Jacob. But Troy says Catherine was acting squirrely. Couldn't tell him where to drive to. I looked at her, I said, so what's this place called? She said, I don't know. I said, what street is it on? She said, I don't know. I said, so give me the phone number then and I will call them. She goes, I don't have their number. I said, so what you're telling me is you put our kids somewhere. You don't know the name of it. You don't even know where it is, what street it's on, no way to find it. And you don't have a phone number for them. And she goes, well, I gave them my number. And that was whenever I got ready to explode. But their oldest child was in the van. They'd picked him up at his bus stop after school. And so Troy says he didn't flip his lid right then. Instead, he called Catherine's mother and asked her to meet them and pick up the five-year-old. The handoff didn't go well. Catherine is yelling at Lindsay. I told Lindsay, I said, just get in the car and go. Um, when she takes off, Catherine is hitting the back of her car and screaming at the top of her lungs profanity. Um, she's just screaming obscenities at her mom while she's pulling off. Uh, and that's why I why said, do you think? What was because she was, because her plan was to keep with me long enough by time and distract me and get away with. Wow. So her plan wasn't completed. Right. And by handing over your oldest child to right. the grandmother, Catherine's mother, there was no chance to get, and then it became how the hell do I get away from Troy? Um, and so she, the, the wild goose chase was over at this point. I said, I'm done with this. I drove back to Germantown. Um, she said, where are you going? And I looked at her, I said, the police station. Uh, she said, she goes, we don't need to go to the police station. I said, the hell we don't. I said, my two kids aren't here and you don't know where they are. So we need to have someone find them. But before heading to the Montgomery County Police substation there in Germantown, that's kind of near Gaithersburg and south of Clarksburg, Catherine says the children are actually at a daycare center up near Damascus, Maryland. That's about a 15-minute ride north of where they were. 
Let's go there, she says. But first, Catherine tells Troy she needs some more caffeine, a soda, because the medication she takes for her mental health makes her tired. So, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but they go to a Chick-fil-A nearby and get that caffeine for Catherine. While there, Troy says she goes into the bathroom and stays in there for quite a while. Looking back, he suspects she was trying to figure out a way to get away, but she can't. And so she gets her soda and they leave the restaurant. We're walking back out to the van. Um, we're getting in the van. She says, oh, let me get a refill real quick, you know, and then we'll head up there. Um, I was like, well, okay, you only have to wait in line for a refill. I said, that's fine. So I get in the van, I start it up. And after about three minutes passes, it crossed my mind again. You only have to wait in line for a refill. What the hell is she doing? So I walk back in, she's not there. And so now, not only are the children missing, but also their mother, perhaps the only person who knows where they are. The plot thickens, the story takes another twisted turn. We'll pick it up there in episode two.